0: You are listening to the Evolution Exchange podcast, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders in Australia. I'm Shauna. I help connect tech companies with top tech talent. And today I'm your host. Welcome back to another Evolution Exchange podcast. And today I am joined by four senior leaders within the Microsoft MVP space um, and also within the Australian tech industry. And we're going to discuss a really great topic, and that is becoming a Microsoft MVP. We're going to cover areas such as what is an MVP, and what is the process to become an MVP. Uh, Make sure you're doing this for the right reasons, giving back to the community, all the different types of online forums and communities they are, MVP award programs, um, and then also value add during this AI revolution. Um, So a lot of really good topics to cover here. I'll uh, be a lot of people interested, I know me in particular, and um, to understand this journey and what it takes. Um, so before we kind of get started into the into the specific topics, I think it'd be a good idea to introduce everyone on this pretty incredible panel today. Um, and I'm going to start with Elizabeth. Um, Elizabeth, if you want to introduce yourself and um, kick things off, that'd be great.
1: Sure, thank you so much. My name is Elizabeth Papalato. I'm the Community Program Manager at Microsoft looking after our MVP communities. So that includes student ambassadors, our Microsoft most valuable professionals, and also our regional directors. So um, they're a passionate bunch of, uh, of leaders within the community that are really doing great, uh, great stuff for the tech
0: community. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. Next up, I'm looking at Michael.
2: Yeah. Hi, hi uh, Shana, and Hi, everyone. I'm Michael. I'm currently a uh, Microsoft MVP for Azure and um, also technical director for a uh, Microsoft partner company called Playtime Solutions here in Australia. And I've been in the Microsoft circle in and out, um, you know, throughout uh, startup, through MSPs, uh, ISVs, you name it. Um, so I've been all over the circle, except being in Microsoft. So that's me.
0: Thank you so much. Heidi. Hey everyone.
3: I'm Heidi Hastings. I'm a data analytics consultant with a company in Australia called Expose. I love all things uh, data and Microsoft technologies and helping the community. You often see me, you know, at the farmer's market on the weekend volunteering there. I just love helping people with whatever I can help them with. And tech being the thing that I'm really good at is the thing that I love to help
0: people with the most. Amazing. Thank you. Um, last but absolutely not least, Jason, tell us about yourself.
4: Hey all I'm Jason Taylor. I'm a Microsoft MVP in developer technologies and a cloud solution architect for a company named Increment, who is also a Microsoft technical partner. A day-to-day, I specialize in helping clients design, develop, and deploy custom solutions to the cloud using Azure and .NET. I'm thrilled to be here today, so thanks for having me on this podcast.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. Like I said, it's an incredible panel. and um, We're very excited to hear all about your journeys um, to become Microsoft MVP. um so we've got a lot to get through um some really interesting topics and questions that I think will answer a lot to the Microsoft community um across the board. So I think it'd be good to get started with them um, Jason, you simply brought the topic of what is an MVP um and then the process to become an MVP which, like us all, to kind of discuss and tell us maybe a little bit about each individual's journey to do that. So, yeah, how about we'll start there. What is an MVP?
4: Yeah, that sounds great. So the MVP award started back in the 90s, and it's Microsoft's way of saying thanks to the community leaders who contribute within a specific Technology area, or in some cases, in many technology areas. Now there are lots of categories. Um, For example, as I mentioned, I'm an MVP in developer technologies, which is essentially for my work with .NET. Basically, it's Microsoft's way of giving a shout out to those who help out in the community.
0: Amazing, good stuff. Who else wants to give their kind of overview of of their take on what an MVP is? Go for a Heidi.
3: We're all like, who's going to go first? I mean, I was sort of like having the fear of missing out when I learned about the uh, MVP yeah. program because at the time I was a government employee and government employees, unfortunately, globally, worldwide are not eligible for this program. But there are other programs oh. you can you can look at um, doing. And so I saw all these people doing great things for the community and I, I started to get involved presenting in events and doing all the things that I was loving day to day and then it, I became eligible for the program through change of employment and and now I'm part of it and I you know that fear of missing out was real I was like wow look at this it's open so many doors it's like the floodgates of learning have appeared you know it's it's overwhelming but it is absolutely an honor to be able to help the community with with all things Microsoft.
0: Brilliant. Thank
2: you. Michael, tell us Yeah, your... one thing I would probably add in to that one is that MVPs are not Microsoft employees. And that's a very mm. clear distinction, right? We're not, Good point. you know, employed by Microsoft. We're not paid by Microsoft okay. to mm. say whatever we want to say, right? And we're basically yeah. representing the community. Um, So it kind of works both ways, right? It's either we're trying to, um, you know, be the voice of Microsoft through the community or we're actually the voice of the community as well to Microsoft so it kind of works both ways and we're kind of like yeah. those leaders to amplify those messages the right messages in the right channels.
0: Brilliant insight excellent um, Elizabeth obviously you are a Microsoft employee but I'm really keen to get your kind of overview on that and kind of
1: Expl- explain it well. I, I love all the summaries there. And I guess <laughs> for me, just um, meeting so many MVPs in the community, every MVP is so unique in what they can offer to the community and what they bring as well to the Microsoft ecosystem. Um, So, yes, as, as Jason said, it is Microsoft's way of saying thank you. The award is to say thank you for doing exceptional work within the community and empowering others to learn new skills, to um, to solve real world problems using technology and MVPs are, are there to help guide our community which I totally love. Um, one thing I also love about the community is just their passion and um, their thirst for knowledge. I think that's what makes MVPs super inspiring and special is the passion for community, the passion to give and just that, that willingness and also, almost like a tenacity. They just want to figure it out and learn and and solve problems and, and help other people in their quest um, for that as well
4: awesome great well, just can I just add yeah. something that I really love about the the MVP program is the contributions you know when when you apply to the mvp program you're looking at your last 12 months contributions and that can be so many different things like it could be giving talks speaking on podcasts writing articles books and so on but the cool thing about it is that you just contribute in your own style if you love to give talks then do that if you love to write articles then do that if you want to maintain an open source project do that Uh, the contributions can be anything and it's really personal and just doing what you enjoy so i think that's really cool
0: excellent um and it kind of pulls us into really nicely there like if you would like to tell us a little bit about your journey jason um, of how you became a microsoft mvp and kind of qualified for that and then let's get everyone else's sort of summary of their journey as well
4: yeah that sounds good so I think, I can't remember the year now. It's been a little while. Yeah. Um, I think I was first nominated around 2018, 2019. And at that stage, I had started being a lot more active in the community. In the past, yeah. I'd like been giving presentations and, and developing talks within my company um, that I worked for, um, but not within the community. And so I, I started to get a little bit of notice. People started to like what I was doing. And I, I was nominated um, And that was really exciting for me in itself. Just to receive a nomination is amazing and, and, and part of the whole journey. Um I've wow. been coding so, for, yeah.
0: So, so, sorry, so you can be nominated. Is that the natural way of
4: Yeah, that's right, yeah. Is
0: that how everyone does it or...?
4: Yeah, so that, that's it. So so if all of the info about becoming an MVP is on MVP.microsoft.com. So you can check that out. But essentially you need someone like an MVP or someone from Microsoft to nominate you. And that's really what kicks off the process.
0: Excellent. Because I'm just thinking there probably is people out there that maybe they are doing all this work behind the scenes and there's not been yeah. noticed yet. So um I, I could think of people off the top of my head, actually. <laughs>
2: To reach out
0: to an MVP or a Microsofty.
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, or Elizabeth. Yeah. It's
3: on me. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Just, just to add to that, what a lot of people don't understand either is that you can get mentored by MVPs as well. So we can help you with the process. So it's like reach out to one of us. There's the MVP site where you can see all of us, and you can filter to what category we're awarded in, and then reach out to us and be like, "Hey, I'm interested in the program. Can you help me?" And that yeah. way we can we can help you with the process because we've gone through it. Awesome.
4: Yeah, for and sure. I'll
0: actually I'll post this onto LinkedIn as well. I'll tag you guys on and I'll actually make a note as well uh, for the listeners that they can reach out and maybe see if if they're if you guys could be compatible mentors for people as well. So obviously don't have barrages, but probably a good place for people to start as well.
2: Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> um, and, but... and also just a misnomer around MVPs as well, because you know, once you're in the circle, right, some might have thought that you need to pass an exam, you know, just like yeah. MCT or, you know, certified professionals and stuff like that. So it's not yeah. that. No. Okay, So MVP oh. is not an exam based type of qualification. Yep. I yeah. personally
0: thought it was. So that's
4: an eye opener. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So once you do get nominated, you you essentially get an email. And within that email, you'll be requested first to accept the nomination um, and then to fill out the nomination form. Um, and that's, it's not an exam, but it's quite a lengthy yeah. process. You kind of have to look back on what you did over the last 12 months that contributed to the community. And you've got to detail all that out and, and think about the impact that that have. So, you know, if it was a blog post, how many people read it? If it was a user group talk, how many people attended? Oh, yeah. um, so you go into quite a lot of detail and what i love about that particular um, process is you also get to look ahead and think about well, what are my goals for the coming year what, what am i going to do for my community and when i filled out that form that was something that i hadn't done before i just do what excited me present what excited me write about what excited me so it was really cool to to look ahead and think about that and, that, and that's what i did this year so it's um quite successful but i should come my i friends. should come back so i was first nominated around yeah. 2018 2019 Um, and it wasn't successful. I didn't get through, um, but I did really enjoy the process. Um, and, and I just want to say to people, you know, if you do get nominated and you don't get accepted, it's not the end of the world. You're already doing what you love, right? You otherwise, otherwise you probably shouldn't be doing it. Find something that you love and do that instead. Um, so I kind of kept doing that. I kept giving the user group talks. I kept presenting workshops, and I kept writing blog posts and maintaining open source projects. That was what I love. Um, and I didn't really seek out the MVP nomination after that. I was I was too busy with, with everything else, to be honest. Um, oh. And so the next nomination that I received was in 2022, um wow. and I was I was at a conference um and 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 shortly after meeting Nick chapsis I'm sure many .NET developers know Nick um he nominated me which was which was super exciting um and kind of funny um because my friend JK mentioned to Nick that that I wasn't an MVP um, and Nick looked quite mad and he and he got on his phone <laughs> and he was angrily typing a nomination for me so that was very very sweet and very nice <laughs> that was brilliant. Um, yeah it was cool so um yeah so after that i got another another nomination email and i i filled that out and um that time it was successful um and so i i think it was uh december 2022 i received my um congratulations uh um mvp microsoft mvp and uh yeah that was a very exciting email but it was also it was also funny because I got up at 6 a.m or something and and I was getting ready to to head out and get some exercise and I had all these invitations to Microsoft meetings in my inbox and I had to scroll past like six or seven of them these were these product group meetings um until I until I saw the email that says hey you're an MVP now um so that was that was that was quite a funny morning I did a little happy dance wow. and and that's it as far as my journey goes that's great was funny. Yeah, and so
1: Jason, yeah. you first applied in twenty eighteen, and then it wasn't until twenty twenty two. Is that
4: yeah? Right? That's right. Wow. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's so that's good that cool. you just kind of kept doing your thing,
4: yeah. And
1: you know, and I, I think when the time is right, like you get, yeah. you get awarded, and and you get that recognition. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you didn't give up.
4: No, that's yeah. It. You Look, kept
1: following what you enjoyed doing.
4: Yeah, that's it, and and that's that's what it's all about. Just doing what I enjoyed doing, and certainly I could have I could have sought out another MVP um, and maybe asked for mentorship and maybe asked for them to nominate me. But I was pretty happy just to keep doing what I was doing, so that's what I yeah. that's what I stuck with. Yeah.
0: Good on you, and you know it really does. It actually brings you on to one of Haley's points. Uh, oh, Heidi, apologies, <laughs> Heidi, um, which is awesome, and you kind of really home in on why not become an mvp and make sure you're doing it for the right reasons so jason like what you just said there like you know you weren't upset that you didn't get it but you loved what you were doing um but how, how do you tell me a bit about your journey with that mentality and it sounds like a good approach for people to have because you want to be enjoying it
3: exactly and and it, it's very similar to jason's experience you know sometimes people will come up and they're like oh I hear MVPs get this, this and this. I want to be an MVP. And they want to be it just yeah. for the benefits that we get. And it's like, right. yes, we get benefits. It's a two-way street. It's giving back as well as, you know, receiving things that help us do our do our community efforts even more better and with more reach. But if you're doing it just for the benefits, to me, it's the wrong reasons. You should be yeah. doing what you're doing and doing what you love. And then as part of that, it's just a side benefit to become an MVP. It's like what a lot of people say with your career. If you don't enjoy it or you don't love it. You're possibly doing it for the wrong reasons, and, and MVP's not different to that. But it doesn't mean that there isn't something for you. So I looked at MVP, and at the time, I wasn't eligible when I first got nominated. Uh, I got nominated yeah. at a similar time to Jason, and I got to the disclaimer, and I read it, and I went, oh, government, what
0: are you done?" Oh, yeah. no. And so so I you thought, filled okay, it all out, and then... No, no, Actually. you don't even get that
3: far. You oh, get the, okay. you've been nominated and then you hit the, okay, I'd like to submit and then you get the disclaimer and the disclaimer is where there's certain factors which make you mm. ineligible for that particular program. Right. And then I looked at it and I was like, okay, well, I'm knowledgeable for that one. Very mm-hmm. disheartened, but that's okay. I'll keep doing what I'm doing. And I'll look at the other programs and I started to become more and more aware of different things. Like Microsoft have partner programs. If you're in a big enterprise organization, you might be able to be part of the partner program. Or okay. if you're a student studying at a university higher education, there's the student ambassador program. So I kept looking for different programs that allow me to do what I do more and more and better and better. So I was still not an MVP. Um and it was quite yeah. funny because I had a little bit similar experience to so Jason. I was at a conference, a Microsoft person was presenting. I was like, oh yeah, got a question about this. I said, and they started talking after them. They're like, oh, you're an MVP. I can talk about this NDA stuff. And I was like, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. No, you can't. I'm like, yes, I hang out with you all. Yes, I'm a speaker at conferences. I attend conferences. I travel all around the world. But no, I am not currently uh, an MVP. So it's it, you do sort of you find other avenues like if i want to talk to the product team i know a lot of them present at events if i can get mm. myself to those events i can talk to the product team you know if i want to look at other organizations and what they're doing i can see where a partner is going to be in an event whether that's virtual right. or in person and get the same i can get avenues that help me and, and it doesn't mean i can't interact with the community i can totally help the community i just don't have the mvp title so it's about doing it for those right reasons, doing what you love and then what you love turns into, oh, hang on, I could get these things. Similar to flybys when you go shopping, you shop anyway, you get your flybys points, you can go do things with the flybys points, you know. <laughs> it, it's like that. It's like, well, you're not going to sign up for a a store program if you never visit that store. So it that that's why I say to people like if you're just coming to me going how to become an MVP because I want the benefits, wrong reason. If you say, hey, look. Yeah. I love helping the community. I'd like to be able to interact with Microsoft more about their tooling and how it can help, you know, the customers and how we can help them, then that's, you know, sure. Come talk. Let's let's get you into this program.
4: That's amazing. That's amazing. Can I just... Can I just say one thing? I think part of the journey, even before you become an MVP, all of those contributions that you start doing, the talks, the, the articles, all of those sorts of things, they're already returning benefits. It's such mm-hmm. a learning journey. You learn so much, you get such interesting questions. Like it's just building up your career even before you even think about MVP. So that's, you know, that's why it's so rewarding. Um, the contributions are what makes it.
3: Oh, on that it's crazy because if you talk to me like five, ten years ago, I'd be like petrified of exams and petrified of speaking. Yeah. <laughs> then I, and so yeah. I started a different way. I started volunteering in events and then putting myself in roles where I am interacting with a lot of people in a semi-uncomfortable because like, oh, what am I doing here? You know, how's this work? And then you start to get, you know, sit in a moderator session and they go, well, hang on, I could, I could talk about a topic. So then you start doing lightning talks and and talking, or I go to different events and go, hey. You know, I'm interested in doing abstract reviews so I can see how people submit abstracts and the the content. And so I got involved sort of behind the scenes first and then got comfortable with being, you know, front center on the front of a stage or being the person who's, you know, participating in organizing the event, you know. So you can come from any angle. Like you said, Jason, earlier, it's Mm. doing what works for you. Like if you love being on the support forums, why not become a super user? Why not become one of those champions? Brilliant.
0: That's a really good way to kind of introduce introduce yourself to it. Like it's something that you're good at and you love. Of course, it could become second nature to jump in and contribute, which is awesome. Exactly. I think
4: Excellent. some of the benefits are cool, though. i got to say, I was pretty excited <laughs> when I received my award pack in the mail. I was actually on holidays oh, wow. at the time, and um, I had to call my neighbours and ask them to pick it up for me because it was sitting on my front porch. <laughs> so, oh,
1: precious. Yeah. <laughs> Don't lose it.
4: Yeah, oh, I, love the little, the I love
0: the
4: little. I love the little rings on the award trophy. So yeah, you get the yeah for those those listening. You know, you get a little award trophy. Um, it's glass. It's sitting on my shelf above me, and I've got a I've got a 2023 ring. Um, and I think you know each year you're in the program, you get another ring, and then after ten years, you get a special blue ring. So it's, pre- it's pretty cool. Yeah. Every five years is it? Yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Oh, do you know what I love? It's kind of funny. You get this little, it almost looks like an ID card. That's got your name oh, on your yeah, MVP yeah. ID. I actually yeah. attach that to my work lanyard. It comes uh-huh. in so me like when I'm walking around and I'm like, it's so handy. I order a coffee. They're like, what's your name? I'm like, I'm ID. Or it's like, I talk to people about the community. I'm like, MVP, see? <laughs> it's that's so awesome. much fun, that little ID. And you get, you get a certificate as well, certificate. Yeah. And then occasionally you might get extra gifts, like a travel mug or something like that. Anything that's oh, Or cool. stickers
4: nice yep. yeah i got some stickers
3: <laughs> and the digital swag you get digital swag too so you get the mvp yeah. badge and yeah, it's
0: just awesome yeah yeah that's nearly even more important isn't it The the digital swag <laughs> um michael i see you're absolutely loving this um thanks so much, for you to forgive us your your journey um tell us a bit about your intro to this whole right. world of the microsoft mvp
2: okay um okay i'll probably just add up to you know to what Heidi said earlier about, you know, yeah. don't do this, don't become an MVP yeah. if you're doing this, right? Um, I think one major reason is that people think that um being an MVP would allow you to become a Microsoft employee, right? Or like, that is like, you know, like you represent Microsoft in a commercial way. Sometimes people think of it that way. And I think yeah. it's not the right channel for it. Again, MVP is much more focused on the community um my journey actually started like way way back um in uni days uh, around 14 years ago i was actually right. in the student ambassador program that heidi mentioned earlier oh, yeah uh, it was actually called msp microsoft student partner program back back in the days and i also um was an intern uh in microsoft so i'm kind of like in the know already about wow. you know um yeah the, the circle around that uh, and then when <laughs> i graduated um, from uni I ventured into a, an SI or solution integration uh, partner and that's where I got more more exposure about you know more on the professional setting and it took me around two or three years um, from the uh, from the year I graduated and since uni days up until you know that three three years I've been doing the thing that I've been doing public speaking writing articles went to different countries Asian countries uh, in particular um talking about Windows Phone uh back <laughs> in the days. <laughs> um yeah, and then, you know, like that's when I got the nomination later on, around uh three years after that. But then you know, um the the title came after the effort. You know, it's not like I, I was doing mm. the effort for the title. You know, it's more right. like, you know, um it was again an award, right? Um it's not like a goal. It's not an objective that by passing all of this or by having 30 talks in two years, I'm gonna become an MVP. So it's it was never like that. Mm-hmm. And then since then, it's kind of like the MVP program just allowed you to kind of like keep the fire burning. You know, like you you're the one who actually ignite, you know, um your um campfire. And then through MVP it just kind of like blew up, right? And then yeah. you became more exposed to different side of arcs of it, whether that's the product group, through other SIs, through you know what's happening out there with you know, uh, my transition from the Windows phone to Xamarin into um, Docker early days before it was called Docker, uh, then transition again to more around like, you know, um, computer vision, IoT. And then the, you know, I also transitioned to blockchain uh, uh. <laughs> very recent, uh, around three, four years ago. And then the recent transition is more around the data and AI on my end. So yeah, like, you know, that journey is like, you're part of that ecosystem. Um. You're not within Microsoft, but you're kind of like in that journey of like seeing what's coming next and like you having much more conscious decision in your career that do you want to ride this wave or it's not something you're actually inclined to do. And I think that's very relevant right now because, you know, as you might notice, it's all about AI and stuff like that, like whatever you're doing right now, like how is that even relevant or, you know, what what sort of like um, avenue are going to... gonna look at right like um so i think that kind of like journey as an mvp is very uh unique on its own that kind of like mm. allows you to be in a position to not really be um you know being told what to do but at the same yeah. time you have um an avenue or a pathway to be exposed on this type of things
3: mm. i, I love,
1: love that michael <laughs> yeah. I, I love everything you just said i love that you said I guess becoming an MVP is almost like keeping the fire going. Yeah. I really like that because as you know once you're awarded um, and you're part of the MVP program, you know we as Microsoft, we we try to empower MVPs in many different ways to to explore new areas. and, and as Michael said, you've you've evolved in your expertise as well. Um, you know uh, take on different opportunities new initiatives and it also builds you professionally as well um so i really love that and i guess also to heidi and jason's point um how they got nominated or how they got finally nominated yeah
3: um
1: i think it's a power of networking and the power of community and i've been in this role for two years and um and with the mVp program for two years and what i've come to really appreciate and realize is the power of community and the power of networking and um, I guess how you put yourself out there and how others perceive you and and almost MVPs don't do this intentionally but it's their personal brand as well it's how they put themselves out there in the community and how others uh, perceive them um, and that's how they get recognized um, so I think if you're interested in becoming an MVP I have a marketing background, so I'm going to say these words. But think about your personal brand and how, where you want to be in your future career. And I guess um, the process of building your personal brand can help you get there, and it might also help um, becoming recognised as an MVP as well. So they are kind of some things I've I've noticed since being part of this program is you know, that power of community and um, yeah that personal branding as well.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. I feel like you all have very much your own personal brand. Um, it's very present on your LinkedIn um, and just in, in all the things that you guys do. And, and the thing about it is, there's like I get to speak to so many software engineers across that Microsoft ecosystem all day, every day. You're in, year out, and there's a lot of them out there. I think, yeah, they they probably should seek kind of that recognition because uh, it's just genuinely what they love, what they love doing. And also, there is, you know, not everyone it's going to be an MVP. Not everyone wants to be either. And mm. um, but they do want those people to kind of keep the fire going. So mm-hmm. says Michael. Um, you know, and having those avenues. That, that's awesome. Really, really good. Um I know another um point you mentioned, Michael, was the growth mindset. Um and I think that's really important. Uh I am imagining something that you you definitely must have a flair to continue growing. Um but yeah. Tell us about that and, and yeah, how you um, kept that over the years.
2: Exactly, right. Um, I I think, you know, not just through the MVP program, I think um, in technology, career, industry in general, I think people who tend to have the growth mindset understood that whatever you're working on right now may or may not be relevant anymore five years from now, right? Um, and being on that journey of actually learning all the time, That it's not like, after finishing uni, I'm done with studying or I'm done with learning, right? Like, what's this new Azure OpenAI tool? What's this, you know, DALI? Like, you know, I've, I have a .NET background. I don't even have to learn that, right? Like, um, <laughs> so like, uh, you know, that journey or like that mindset of learning uh, and mm. like taking it as it is, you know, that you're not actually just being corroded in your head thinking that this has always been like this and this should always be like this. Um, I think that's very important, not just through the MVP process, but you know, as an individual yourself, um, to have that mindset that um, you know, always being humble, that there's always something new to learn and yeah, like being a forever student. And that actually resonates to what Satya Nadella keeps on saying about being a learn it all person. You know, instead of like being an um, you know, a know it all, it's more around like being a learn it all, like knowing that in you know, maybe two or three years time there will be GPT-7, GPT-8. That might be super powerful that like, you know, what are you going to do with this technology? You know, uh, and like, what's the impact of that one through what you're doing right now? Like maybe in a few years time, code generation would be really fast that all you got to do is more on business processes and stuff. So right. that really resonates into like, you know, um, like your growth mindset, like not being stuck um, in, in the sideways and I think yeah. that's very important in being an MVP because like you know part of being an MVP means there's the M in the beginning meaning most so you need to be somehow still in the most category um, you know with this journey.
1: Excellent. Uh, can I continue on from that Michael? Um, Absolutely. And and that growth mindset sort of idea. Um, I, I guess a common question that I would get, um, especially from those early in their career, is that they might think that they're not an expert enough at something or they don't have X's of experience or, you know, at the end of the day, all of us, and Mike, you also mentioned AI, and whilst AI has been around for a while, we all didn't know about OpenAI and GBD, probably most of us, You know a year ago um so we're all learning that in particular but what i tell i guess people that are thinking about if they want to become an mvp or they want to put themselves out there in the community and and be that community leader um is if you're learning something start sharing that. Like your, your um, story, your blog that you write, your YouTube channel that you want to create, or your next podcast, whatever, however you like to create content and share knowledge. It can even be on your learning journey. Um, what you will share will resonate with someone else um, and will empower someone else as well. So having that growth mindset, always being that student for life I do. I really love that. Um, So, yeah, don't let it stop you from, from,
0: yeah, putting yourself out there. Amazing. Oh, Jason, you're on mute.
4: (laughs) Thanks. I was just (laughs) going to say 100%. Don't be afraid to stand up in front of a group of people and say, hi, I'm Jason. I'm learning about C Sharp. This is really exciting. I just want to share with you what I've learned because there's other people out there who know less than you and they'll be really excited by what you have to say.
0: Brilliant. Definitely. Excellent. Now, now they're actually still on the topic of AI. I know, uh, Michael and both Elizabeth, you mentioned um, value adds during this AI revolution, Michael, and then. Um, Elizabeth, you also mentioned that the MVP War program that you'd like to highlight is the technical professionals who are leveraging Microsoft and um, AI technologies um, to apply for that. Um, but yeah, if you if you want to tell us a bit about where we're in, where we're up to in that journey, I think it's a question I come across a lot of the time. You know, from engineering managers or CEOs and CTOs, you know, they're like, "Are you seeing any?" You know what's sort of the the new skill set in the ai what's the new you know job title software engineers what do they look like who are ai experts but um i can't really answer the question right now it's pretty new still but yeah. how are you seeing it evolve um, I thought that might
2: yeah. be
0: the best one for this one
2: yeah <laughs> i could probably start right like um, i i yeah. think um you know like you might Actually, just see it in a way that um, you know, with 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 every technology out there, it all started with theories, you know, all the computations and like, you know, um, what all of all of the assumptions and research around that, right? What yeah. makes AI different these days is that y- these are now much more applied, you know, like these are actually like relevant to you know the regular people out there. When I say regular, like you know, my parents, like my cousins, like who's not into yeah. tech, right, like. Yeah. There are now real-world applications out there, whether it's vision technology or, you know, text generation or image generation technology. AI these days is much more applied, right? And it's much more tangible. Like, it's uh, actually just literally uh, last night, I created a small GPT app that actually um, captures uh, 25 gigabyte um, public legal data in Australia that you can actually reference on. So um, it's, you know, like that type of information, right? Like um it's much more domain specific. Um so I think more and more of that is really coming um, as we go along, more around like, you know, how does this companion or you know the term co-pilot really comes into a picture uh in our day-to-day lives. You know, how do we actually do more, you know, uh, perform better and then um, be be more efficient. And this time around it's really tangible. It's like really out there already. It's just a matter of time. To really accelerate that growth i think that's what's really um important um to note Out. brilliant it's amazing I, I guess
0: yeah
1: i guess just like from what i'm seeing in the mvp program is um everyone's keen to learn about ai mm. and we're probably majority of us are at the early stages of that um so i love michael that you you know you'll just playing around with their own um, application as well before. And I think just experimenting is really important and just sharing those case studies um, w- with your community, with your with your colleagues, with your network. And I was just reading a blog the other day by one of our AI MVPs, Arafat Tenzin, and it actually was inspired what he created. Someone on Twitter, one of our other MVPs, posted a photo of um a parking sign and this parking sign had about five different signs on this one big sign so you can't actually understand how do I, what can i park here today yeah. like, is it sunday <laughs> is it monday or like do i need to pay now or like it was so yeah. confusing we all couldn't decipher it so um arafat actually um used azure open ai just to create um a, an easy way that they would use computer vision just and it would say, like, yes, you can park here. It's 8 a.m. You can park here on a Sunday. Like, it's so cool. And he's just Very sharing that journey on his blog, <laughs> yeah. like how he kind of trialed and errored. And it took him a few months because he tried a few different tools. He was facing problems and he eventually found it with Azure OpenAI. But I think just encouraging everyone just to experiment and learn. And I, I have a non-technical background, but... I was experimenting with Dali and creating images, and mm. and I'm really excited about that because now my presentations might look a bit more vibrant <laughs> with Wonderful. different visuals. So we can all learn in different ways, um, and so the MVP program we're definitely um, empowering our our current MVPs to look at how they could grow their own AI skills. We've been doing boot camps internally and trying to upskill our MVPs, but then empowering to so then also showcase that to their community as well and um and get people learning new skills and thinking in different ways. So that's kind of what I'm seeing, yeah, from a from an internal uh, perspective as well.
2: Yeah, I think the most important aspect onto that is that obviously don't just share what's being, you know, published out there. Make sure you actually understand what's out there. At least have a, a common mm. understanding or like your own flavor of your interpretation around that. Second is try it if you can. Um, and third is, you know, again, just going back to that growth mindset, don't be resistive, okay? Um, mm-hmm. Try to understand how it works first and then be skeptical maybe, but don't just, you know, like throw it out of the bin.
3: Wonderful. Just done all that. The The other thing is MVPs, what we can do for our communities, we learn about it, we understand it, is translate that to somewhat layman's terms for others mm. to understand. Because everyone sees all these shiny toys and goes, oh, sign up. And then they don't realize, hang on, all my photo library is getting sent to this external group. Am I okay with that? They don't understand or see that. Or Copilot suddenly has access to to all my email content. Am I okay with that? Is my organization okay with that? So that's where, you know, as MVPs, we can help educate people of all different levels of of knowledge and understanding to go, hey, just, you know, slight caution there. Don't give it access to to phone contacts if you don't want to. But otherwise, use it. You know, yeah. so we can yeah. help help with those things because, you know, we're more familiar with the, the technology and, and what it can and can't do. And so we can help educate people to go, okay, yep, this is, this is how to is. safely, ethically use it within your area. Awesome. Excellent.
4: And it's important to remember it's really early days too. In terms of GitHub Copilot, it's really only a year old and people are still yeah. learning how to use it. I produced an article on it recently talking about the three levels of users for GitHub Copilot. We talk about the beginners who are just using it for auto completion, and we talk about the um, intermediate users who might be using it to generate tests or help them fix bugs, and we talk about the advanced users who are leveraging it as like a full AI-powered um, coding assistant. Um, so you're never really programming alone. It's helping you solve security issues. It's helping you write tests, generate documentation, all of that sort of thing. So really, now is the time to kind of dive in and learn these tools but take it to the next level. Um, Because while we're learning about AI, we can also use it to solve problems that we already have much faster. Um, gain productivity and I've got to say over the last year programming with things like Copilot I've been much happier just because I can solve problems faster like it's it's like having someone beside you all day long who just answers a quick question and then and then is really quiet and doesn't interrupt your flow of thought and then <laughs> you can ask another question later so it's it's great it's an amazing time to be a developer. I really
3: she just a caveat for the people that think it's going to replace your job it's called copilot, not autopilot. Yeah.
4: Like that's trust me, yeah. verify.
3: Like <laughs> it's there to help you, not to replace you. Yeah. Or, or yeah. it yeah. is there to replace the things that a computer can do for you, and you can focus on the things that a human needs to be involved with and do, like make the decisions, and it can just give you some information to help you with that.
4: But it's so true. You know, great. we have we have too many programming projects right now, and not enough developers. But now we're on the cusp of something where. We, we might have enough developers because our productivity is about to explode exponentially. We're going to leverage these tools. They're still new. They're getting better and better every day. We might be able to start solving more of these problems, addressing more of these projects in a rapid time frame so that we can move on to the next one. I think that's, that's what's going to happen
0: really interested because a lot of the time even a lot of the topics that cover in the podcast it comes down to making sure everyone's still concentrating on solving the end problem Mm. um and a lot of the time along these dev journeys and processes stories like it all becomes you know a little bit of a gray area people fall off the track um but i do i think exactly what heidi says not going to replace you it's going to um improve your productivity and Solve these problems quicker, and then get on to solving bigger problems. And realizing yeah. there, you know, there's problems out there that people haven't even seen as a problem yet to to solve. So it's very exciting. Uh, yeah, it really is. Hundred percent. Excellent. Um. Okay. Um. I'm looking at sort of the all of our our subtopics gone through a lot of them which is awesome we still have a a bit to go but what else do you think is important to um share with the listeners on this about you know either kind of the process um you know how also looking at things like how do you keep your badge like and um yes what else is important um to get to get people involved and on this mvp journey i feel like like share 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 like uh, there's a lot of things we become aware
3: of as mvps that are in the public domain, but not necessarily everyone knows about them. Like I love the cloud skills challenges that come up and yeah. I know okay. in my head now, I've just started to go, okay, there's a big conference coming up. Chances are there's a skills challenge. Great. That's 30 days time box learning. Way we go. And I just sign up for them. And then as a result of doing those for me, I was like, oh, you get 50% off. Really? This is really good. Okay. Uh, no. what's the currency conversion on the exam? The exam costs this much. Okay, I'll do the module and I'll sit the exam. Because the exam cost was a barrier for me mentally to do the exam. Yeah. So I sort of gamified and was like, classical mm. challenge, take exam. Classical challenge, yeah. take exam. Sometimes you know, they're and- for free.
4: Sometimes they're free, yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Share that. It's like the blogs. People don't know about the, the forums that they have access to. It's like, yes, in the tech community, you got your Stack Overflows, you got your Reddit, but did you know you've got the Fabric community, you've got the Dynamics community, you've got the Azure Data community? It's like there are all these communities where you can get help. When people are in organizations and they're like team of one, they don't realize that they can jump on most of the social media platforms, put a good hashtag, you know, hashtag SQL help, and you're reaching a global audience of, you know, professionals in that space and newbies, you know, everyone of every calibre and suddenly you might get a response and sometimes it's even the Microsoft product team responding to you to go, oh, yeah, we're working uh, on that feature, you know, LinkedIn, <laughs> PBI Core Visuals, who knew you can put that hashtag in your LinkedIn post and you'll have Miguel Myers from the product team on Power BI going, Well oh, that's, that's good feedback, we'll give that a try or, or, yep, we've got that in the roadmap already and suddenly you have information on what's going on and it's like, did you know there's user groups all over the world? virtual, in person, you know, if you are looking to get into it or you're transitioning careers, there's a product, I think it's the Power Platform Power Up, I think it's called, where you can, if you're coming from a, a diverse background, you know, you might be a hairdresser who suddenly wants to get into application development. There are programs to help you transition yeah. from one career to the next. And it's about sharing all these things that we become aware of so that other people can leverage them as well. It's like, if they don't know about them, like you know, you only know what you know. Yeah. And I think it's Carol Dweck who says, you know, know better, do better until you know better, and then do better again. So it's like, you know, share the resources, share share it out there. So I think that's that's important for us to do as MVPs as well, because we do get advantageous access to things. Um, and so it's important for us to give to give back and and get more people in the community, like. Let's get more people doing the the learn modules. Let's get more people doing the certifications. Let's let's get more people on the products that we we know and love, or into that community ecosystem, so that they not only
0: yeah
3: get access to the product, but people who can help them with that product as well, and and make the best of it instead of banging their head against a, a wall or a desk trying to solve a problem. They can okay. ask for help. You're not alone. You're not alone. Exactly. And uh, yes, back to alone. my point
1: about community. I I definitely underestimated the power of community before I came into Microsoft. Um, it's, it's strong and it's supportive and, you know, you'll probably find a community in, in, in it anywhere that you're looking for. So, um, yeah, LinkedIn is amazing. Um, follow our MVPs on LinkedIn. You will learn so much from them. Um, and, yeah, our user groups. You can go to meetups.com, search for user groups, um some in australia um if, if our um, listeners are in australia in sydney we have the reactor um, which is a community space in the sydney startup hub um but then we also do virtual lots of uh, like lunch and learns and evening sessions as well um so you could just learn and, and connect that way um and start building your network and
0: yeah you'll, you'll learn from others and these are all accessible like for anyone that isn't already an mvp um, is that right
2: absolutely yeah
0: brilliant and the cloud skills challenges that you're speaking about they're hiding Um, is that also like is that somewhere you would recommend someone to start as well like or is that something anyone can sign up to and
3: yeah any, anyone anyone can sign do? up to that well they, I think there's probably some some terms and conditions in there somewhere but yeah so far from what I've seen uh, most people are eligible I think there's some restrictions on getting the 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 benefits when it comes to certification exam vouchers if you're in particular countries. Um, But otherwise, you can sign up for them. And realistically, you don't need to wait for a Cloud Skills Challenge either. If you go to aka.ms forward slash learn, that's all the publicly available learn modules which guide you through the various tech stacks. It might be, you know, how to use Office 365 Copilot or it might be how to use uh, SSMS to query Azure SQL. It could be how to write your first .NET application or it could be, you know, how to work with Excel. There's so many different different things in those learn modules, but the Cloud Skills Challenges boxes them together and goes, this is a learning pathway to take you from nothing to, say, mm-hmm. a Microsoft Fabric Analytics engineer. And it will show you wow. which of those learn modules you should do to get that sort of learning pathway and, and learn about that role in the in the industry. So a lot of them are role-focused, but you can also mm-hmm. filter to technology-focused. And, yeah, it's 30 days time box learning, but at the end of it you get a reward for You know, putting your mind through the paces and doing that growth mindset of of learning something new. And even I love just uh, doing one on something completely tangent to what I do because you never know when it's going to become involved in in our day to day. You know, security ones are great ones.
1: I think also what I love about those Microsoft Learn is that you actually have a public profile where you can essentially like almost link it to your LinkedIn and you Mm. can tell people what Mm -hmm. you've been learning about. So, if you're looking at upskilling or um, or yeah, showing that you're a, a continual learner, um, you can sort of link to your public profile and um, and put that on your on your CV or LinkedIn as well, and show your current or future employees as well.
4: Yeah, there's little Brilliant. badges, isn't there, that you can say, "Hey, I completed yeah. this learn module," which is pretty cool. But it should shout out as well, you know, um, a lot of the time these challenges, you find out about them through different conferences, um, which are usually free to attend online. So for, for instance, we had Ignite, there was cloud um, skills challenges associated with that. Um, and there was GitHub universes, there was challenges associated with that. And so really just following um, those conferences on the socials or even just um, if you can attending online, you'll find out about these sorts of things.
0: That's brilliant. And everything's so accessible now as well because the online forums. Um, is there any coming up that you'd recommend people getting involved in or keeping an eye out for? Absolutely.
2: Um, I would probably just say that, you know, again, MVP or tech tech community in general, right? It's a personal journey where yes. you're not alone. Right? I think that's yes. that's just how I would summarize it, right? It's your own pathway, wherever you want to go, mm. but never think that you're alone. So I think that's and along the way, you know, uh, you'll meet people, you'll meet, you know, a certain fire within that community. It's gonna you know amplify what you're doing. Um, yeah. but then again, right, it's a journey um, towards no end.
4: That's it. Yeah, journey towards no end. It keeps going. Um, the MVP award is a really nice stop along the way. It certainly broadens your community, but the journey doesn't stop there. That's not the destination. We just keep going. Yeah.
0: Super insightful. The
3: other one that people might be interested in, you can learn together. So we do these learning rooms and often it's MVPs or it might be Microsoft sort of cloud advocates and things where they have the learn together, the rooms where you can join a virtual room and chat to other professionals in the industry about, hey, I'm trying to learn this module and I might need a bit of help. And so they sort of take you through it. And so you can do Mm -hmm. that buddy system as well. Like if if you don't want to do it on your own, it doesn't, you know, it sort of freaks you out, doesn't motivate you, whatever the case may be. there's there's a virtual learn together option. So you can jump on and go, hey, I'm interested in learning Microsoft Fabric. I'll join that learner. Or or, or I'm interested in doing a a study cram session. I don't know if anyone back in the university days, I know for me, you do a study cram session with some (laughs) of your classmates. Now we've got a digital edition and you can jump on a cram session with a bunch of people from all over the world. And what I really love about those is it is all over the world. So I, (laughs) I sometimes like tunnel visioned to Australia, we don't necessarily have all the different things in our industry and in our market, but when you get exposure to people globally, you start to hear about different things like, oh, I'd never thought about that. Or what if I've got this much data versus what if I wanted to do this with computer vision? Could I do it? And it may well be happening somewhere else in the world. So you start to learn, you know, just by interacting with other people,
4: which is great. (laughs) One, one thing as, I love about today with AI is that as we're working through this Microsoft Learn content or, or reading a book, we can actually jump online as well and say to AI, hey, I don't understand this. Can you tell me a little <laughs> bit more about this? And you get like a snappy <laughs> response mm. and you just keep reading your book or completing your course, which is really nice. I
0: will probably change the way people study and do exams and all sorts Definitely.
4: of yep.
0: um, Definitely, yeah. So guys, I think we've covered so much there um I don't know if anyone else has anything else they'd like to add like it's very insightful I know that my network will really really benefit from this and I'd now like super excited to kind of tell the community sort of where to go what to do and um continue to help people grow their careers and that isn't just you know what I do is find people jobs but it's about you know the career ladder also um the growth mindset and I get to speak and work with a lot of people that are just awesome engineers just Constantly look at the solve problems and um, they love what they do. Um, so, this is great access for so many different types of reasons. So, it's really good, really insightful. Anything you. else you'd like to add, Elizabeth?
1: Um, yeah, I guess I'd just like to add if, um, if you are interested in um, looking at how to become a Microsoft MVP, um, I do host monthly sessions. Um, they're kind of like small group sessions, and I kind of go through the program. Um, or the award and what's involved. So I go through a bit more detail. I showcase the different categories that you could apply for. Um, So I'm happy to share the links to that. Um, I've got a a bookings calendar. Um, But if you want more information as well, you can go to mvp.microsoft.com. There's a link that says find an MVP. You can filter by country, state, award category, and a lot of our MVPs will have their socials connected on that profile. So, you know, go to their LinkedIn, add them on Twitter and just start learning from them um, and, yeah, um, following them as well. Um, You never know what what opportunities will open as well. So that's my sort of recommendations there moving forward.
0: And I'll also do that, guys. I'll I'll tag all this in for Elizabeth um, on my LinkedIn as well Um, so people kind of have an avenue click and away they go um some really good references and um directions point people in so i really appreciate um your time guys i'm conscious of the time i know everyone's very busy um so we'll leave it there but i just want to say thank you all for joining um, the podcast today and providing such interesting insights um to this very important topic i believed within the microsoft ecosystem and um kind of guiding people of what it is an MVP, what it takes to become a Microsoft MVP, and sort of why why everyone does it. So, thank you all for listening. I look forward to catching you all at next Evolution Exchange.